Hi friends, welcome to the Trauma Tapes. I'm Dr. MC McDonald, a PhD trauma researcher and life coach. It is my goal in life to reframe the way that we understand trauma. And I think if we want to understand trauma, we need more stories, more examples, an archive of trauma stories. But not just an archive where someone lays their story down for posterity and walks away, an archive that gives them something back, some attunement, some empathy, a reframe, integration, maybe some little piece of knowledge or understanding so that they walk away feeling like the thing that makes the least sense in their lives makes just a little more sense. This podcast is that archive. I'm here with my sister, Elizabeth Meadows. Each week, we read your letters and give you information and advice about how to understand and demystify your experiences and symptoms so that you can heal without shame. So pull up a chair, grab a coffee, and join us. Okay, welcome to episode 26. 27? 20, whatever. <laughs> It is it 24? Right. <laughs> yeah. We're going to lose count. We, are, we don't have a good grasp. I certainly don't have a good grasp on numbers or time or space, really. But anyway. How you doing? Good. How are you? I'm good. It's been super rainy and today's like the sun came out. So that feels good. That's good. It's sunny here. I have the, um, on my weather app, I have your, where you live. Yeah. On, uh, the weather app. Cause I like to know like <laughs> where the weather is for other people and yours is like fabulous. So last all the time I was like, I held my phone. I'm like, I want to live there. <laughs> Let's <laughs> go the there. Fabulous. Exactly. <laughs> I just looked I out the window as if it's going to like be different and it's not, it's the same, you know, oh, I'm jealous. It's pretty, it's pretty, yeah, it's pretty great. I think my goal it like one of my goals in life right now is to like, when I walk outside, have I already said this? No. The concept of when I walk outside, I don't want to turn around and go right back inside. Yeah. Yeah. I'd like to live a place where there are more days like that. Yeah. Than days of like, oh shit, I need to get back inside. Yeah. Immediately. Yeah. Well, you have to move here. <laughs> That's like a simple concept, right? It is. It's also totally manageable. Right. Not too much to ask. Totally a thing. Maybe like three days a year, you'd have to do that. I don't know what I would talk about because all new ones <laughs> talk about is the weather. <laughs> all sorts of things. You talk about like the subjects. flora and the fauna. It's like you still talk about the weather, just different. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Also, like yeah. fire. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that, yeah, that's a thing, right? That's a weather thing. Yeah. Okay. So, all right. So, last week we did. Um, the four questions, the Byron Katie, four questions from the work. Did you practice it? I, I did. I can't even describe your face. <laughs> I feel like I, when I first started therapy, I was like in my early thirties and mm-hmm. um, mom and dad oh God, was, I didn't know it was that late. Yeah. I started when I was like 15. Did you? Yeah. No, it was definitely, it was definitely over 30, like 30 or 31, 32, maybe. And, um, you, you know, I think I started because of a breakup or something, which just sounds so ridiculous now, but at the time it was, you know, oh, that's a real thing. Mm-hmm. The world was ending. Um, and I used to go to the office after work, go to my therapist's office in uh, Brookline and I would call mom on the way and I would tell her that I didn't want to go. I didn't want to go. I didn't want to go. And, <laughs> and I would walk around outside the office, like procrastinating going in. Um, I don't know what I thought mom was going to do for me, but um, that's how I feel this week. Oh, no. We're <laughs> <laughs> like, God yeah. damn it. Which is important. I think, I think when something like that happens, it means you need to like dig in a little bit. So yeah, the resistance thing is always like, there's always something interesting there. If you can like actually yeah. look at it and sometimes you can't and that's okay, but yeah, definitely. You want me to start? Yeah. What are you <laughs> kind of dying to know? Well, you know, I, I did it with like two things and, and one mm. is kind of superficial and one is obviously a little bit deeper, but um, like the, one of the things that I've been telling myself, which is superficial is that um, I stopped coloring my hair, you know, two years ago. Mm. And so my hair is, you know, gray, white, silver, whatever you want to call it. Um, I've been coloring my hair for, you know, 18 years and we moved back here and I didn't want to start a relationship with another hairdresser and I didn't want to go every four weeks. And so for all the reasons I stopped coloring my hair and they were all logical and they made sense to me and I was ready. And now I have this full head of silver, white, gray hair, which looks awesome. Um, 
by the way. I think you're biased, but thank you. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I, I feel comfortable with my decision. I'm happy about it most of the time, but I, once in a while, there's a nagging thing of, okay, now you look old. Like now you've, uh, now you're in a different camp than you were before. Mm. Um, so that was one concept that I played with the four questions. And that, that was kind of an easier concept um, because is it true that my hair is gray, white, silver? Yeah, it's true. You know, mm. do I look older? Probably, you know? Uh, um, and mm. then can I absolutely know it's true that I look older? You know, it it's in the eye of the beholder, I guess, mm. you know, I think society has, you know, certain um, things set up about hair color for women and, you know, yeah. hanging on to uh, something that's um, just that right your value is youthfulness. only. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's this whole big thing. So and I, I was really able to kind of dive into the second question. Can you absolutely know it's, that it's true? Because there's all this, you know, uh, there's these Facebook groups and support groups and, you know, changing society's beliefs yeah. and the whole thing. It's kind of easy to get like philosophical about that. Yeah. For me, how do you react? What happens when you believe that thought? I, you know, I feel old. I feel like I've jumped off the train. I feel like I've given yeah. up, you know, yeah. uh, all those things. Yeah. And who or what would you be without that thought? I would be who I was before, you know, just with, um, mm -hmm my natural hair color, you know, without the stigma or the perceived stigma of, uh, not dying it anymore. So wait, hold on. Okay. Can I like push on these a little bit? Of course, please do. Or is that annoying? <laughs> no. So the, the third and the fourth one. So who are you with that thought, right? When you believe that, what did you say again? That I'm, that I'm old. Yeah. Older, that I look older, that I've jumped off the train, that I've given up. That I how, how do you think that makes you like, how, how does that shift your behavior? Um, it makes me feel invisible. Yeah. It makes me feel um, invisible. Um, small. Yeah. Like you said, you know, uh, like I can't do compete anymore. That's which sounds ridiculous, but. Nope. That's a huge thing. I mean, I think we're taught from a very young age that like our value is in being young and pretty. Right. And, and we might also be smart and cool. That's great. And you might also be funny and interesting, cool and great, but that's the foundation. And that's just the way that our society works. And so when that starts to shift in any direction, whether that's like weight, hair color, age, anything, motherhood, all that stuff, it's like this huge, like, wait, who am I? Do I have value? Right, right. But I wonder like how that comes out in like the way you like treat yourself or how you like move in the world, you know? That's a good question. Um, it, you know, it, it's, um, it, it's an excuse to beat myself up, I guess. Yeah. You know? Yeah. An excuse, to, an, a, a, an external excuse to kind of confirm yeah. internal beliefs, if that makes sense. Yeah. Instead of treating it like an empowering thing, it becomes like a, um, disempowering, like the, like, like yeah. making you small. Right. Yeah. I think, I feel like when I don't feel good about myself for whatever reason, I could give you a hundred examples. Um, I don't show up fully. Yeah. You know what I mean? I feel like it like actually holds me back from like engaging and from like being present and being able to like connect and like really getting the other person or people or whatever. I'm, I'm like crunched yeah. in and like, that yeah. ends up feeling weird. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I know. I know exactly what you mean. It's like, you're kind of folded up in your, on yourself. You're um, yeah. And as a result, like you're not getting that interaction, that feedback, that exactly. Engagement. Right. And so then you, exactly. And then you like prove it to yourself. You're like, see, I'm not a like shiny sparkly thing anymore. And so I'm not getting any of that good energy back and all that stuff. Right. Right. Yeah. Which is by the way, I think like it's very easy to see and like, flirtation and like getting hit on and stuff like that, but it's also present in every interaction that you have, you know, it's not just about that. Exactly. Exactly. It's a, it's the, the energy that you're putting out in the world when you mm -hmm. feel right. Good about yourself or right. when you feel like something has shifted right. Right. or less valuable. Right. I went on a medication, um, a couple of years ago for, to prevent migraines that worked super, super well. I've never had such a stretch of time without them. And I gained a ton of weight 
And I, it was humbling how much it affected me. Cause I always had said, if you, you know, told me that if I gave you my right arm, which is the, my writing hand that you could like make sure I never had a migraine again, I would do it. And then here I am with like some extra pounds, which who cares? Right. But it was like, it was a challenge. Like it was hard and I had to go off. I couldn't do it. Like I couldn't, I had to put, throw the towel on, couldn't do it. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people like a lot, you know, there, there are some wonderful, like gray hair groups, which sounds silly, but uh, you know, a lot of women say that they get to a point and then they just dye their hair again because they, yeah, they can't do it. They can't move about the world this way. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's, it's very interesting because, you know, for me, like you, when I'm in a good place, like I know that this is a better color for me right now, you know, at this point in my life. And when I look back on um, pictures when my hair was dyed, it's harsh Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, it's not as um, flattering as, mm-hmm. as this one is. So it's not yeah. the actual um, color. It's, it's the symbol. So, exactly. It's yeah. society's perception of the color. Yeah. You know? Oh, that's fascinating. Is, you know? Yeah. Is, like you said, it's the weight thing too. Like it should not, this should not matter. Right. It's, right. You know, it's what we've been telling ourselves. Right. So, you know, I want to like, fly this flag and like be proud and yeah. be representative and, and put this out in the world. But there are days that it's like, Ugh. yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Know? It's crazy, but it's, and it's very super. You should get like some fabulous scarves for those days and just tuck it back like Audrey Hepburn style. So there's like a little bit in the front, but then basically it's just like bright color. Maybe you just need like to change the visual. Yeah. On those days yeah. when it's going to like haunt you, you know what I mean? Yeah. Or like a super cool, like a headband that's like, you know, fabric with like picturing Hermes and like, you know. Yeah. Or buy, like have stuff. some great hats or something, yes. you know, which I, I love hats. hats totally. Or some sunglasses, whatever, whatever. Some kind of like yeah. physical like thing. Right. That's a good idea. Yeah. That you choose because it's like, I think part of this is like, okay, this is a thing. Like this is going to come back around. There are going to be days when I feel like this. How can I go back to the, who I was before, which I think is actually less about your hair color and is more about like, I felt good about myself. So I was able to be as vibrant as I am in the world, right? you know, without like second guessing. And so if you have something, a tool in that, like in those moments, then you can, you can go back there without having to sacrifice yeah. you know, and going back and dyeing your hair. You know what I mean? I like that. Cause I think the, who I was before the last question, like who would you be without that thought? Like who you are, which is like vibrant, dynamic, always youthful, fun, like all these things that are, though they are the opposite of what the gray hair symbolizes. You know what I mean? It's interesting, cool. right? It's super, it's just funny because you like, you said this is superficial, but it's like, I think it's actually super deep. Well, it's, you know, it's aging. It's, you know, it's, it's how we perceive ourselves yeah. and how, how we think the world perceives us and yeah. society's pressure. And learning how to work with the power system that's there without sacrificing yourself. Cause I think sometimes we get the message that like, it's a double bind, right? There's betrayal on either side. You either like betray like the feminist ideal that you're supposed to go against society and the way that society pressures women to look a certain way always, and only be youthful and that their only value is in their attractiveness and all that. If you dye your hair, you go against that. But if you don't dye your hair, if you're feeling like sad about it, then you're betraying yourself in a way. So it's a double bind. So it's like, how do you work with the power structure that exists in a way that doesn't involve sacrifice and also lets you live the way you want, you know? Right. Like, how can you like do it in a way that's subversive? I think that's so fascinating. Like, how can you subvert the power work within it rather than just try to like reject it? Yeah. Then you end up rejecting yourself, you know? I think this about this a, a lot with like facial like fillers and like Botox and stuff like that, which people have lots of judgment about. And it's like, I I don't know. I just think it's, there's so much there. How do you engage with aging in a way that can be subversive? You know, like, I don't know what I'm saying, but I feel like there's something there. How can you make your own path with it? Yeah. And say like, okay, I acknowledge this power structure and this thing. And I acknowledge my own feelings and these are both relevant. And how am I going to like create some integrative path forward that doesn't sacrifice me where I get to feel authentic and, and that I'm honoring my own response to the power structure that exists, you know? 
and get to a place of like peace and acceptance because there is nothing yeah. more beautiful than that. Yes, exactly. You know, yes. Inhabiting yourself, like, right. In a way that, yeah. Right. When you're moving about the world on a day where you don't feel good about yourself, mm-hmm. people don't meet your eye. There's less people are smiling. Yep. You know, it's just, it's the energy you're putting out there when you yep. feel good yep. for whatever reason, because the stars are aligned or because you did something that made mm-hmm. you feel good. Mm-hmm. Then the response is different. Not that it's all about the response, but it, it's the feedback. It's the energy it's, feedback. Yeah. Cause it's a, it's like a loop, right? Like how you feel is what you're putting out in the world, which is then what you're getting back, which is then how you feel, which is then what you're putting out in the world. And so you can start to put yourself into a literal spiral. Right. Right. You know, it's um, yeah, it's super interesting. I think there's a lot to be said there about like, yeah. How can we find ways? Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> so there you go. You're like, this is why I didn't want to do this. <laughs> There's no quick answer, you know, mm-hmm. but I think this is like, this is this exercise. These four questions are just something that I need to keep doing. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. It's such a practice. Wait till we get to mine. You're going to laugh. Go I need to get better at it. You yeah. Know? And that, and then, you know, not to monopolize, but the, the other issue that I was, um, no, don't It's good. Yeah. Addressing was like my core fear belief right now is that, you know, because I'm in a point in my life where the career that I had is um, I'm not interested anymore. So I'm trying to figure out what's next, you know, Mm -hmm. and um, my fear is I'm not doing anything with my life. I don't feel productive. I feel like I'm not contributing, you know, those are the things that I tell myself and that, you know, is it true? Yes. That's how I feel. You know, Mm -hmm. that that's true. Can I absolutely know that it's true? That's the question where I just went off the rails. (laughs) Oh, interesting. Okay. Got, went off the rails. What in what sense? Because I couldn't like I, I couldn't. Yes, I absolutely know it's true. You know. Oh like, yeah. And it, then it was shut down right there. Like yeah, I couldn't come up with any um, response to that, yeah. that other than my core belief right now. Ugh. Don't be sad. It's fine. It's no it's, big deal. It's <laughs> <laughs> my life is meaningless. It's cool. <laughs> No, I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's a phase. I, I know it'll pass, yeah. you know, I'll know, I know I'll get through it, but not even being able to answer the second question, kind of like right. renders the exercise useless. <laughs> You're like, yep, this is truth. We're done. Bye, Byron Katie. Thanks for your help. <laughs> Can you say like, what would the core, like, if you could say the core, the core, core fear, like the fear underneath the fear in like as few words as possible, what would it be? Like, I'm, I'm afraid I don't mean anything. I'm afraid I don't have an impact. Yeah, I, I, I'm afraid that, uh, honestly, because, um, you know, mom owned, died when she was 61. So I feel like I have 10 years. Oh God. Sorry. <laughs> so there's a, there's a clock ticking a little bit, you know, and mm-hmm. also when you do not have children, you know, that becomes like, yeah, a big thing. Like, yeah. okay. You know, I, I think when you have children, when you have a legacy there, there's, yeah. you feel a sense of purpose that yeah. women totally. who do, who choose not to have children um, yeah. sometimes feel that they're lacking. So yeah. This, this is like fucking like 10 episodes. Sorry. <laughs> <That was good. laughs> Max, like I'm going to schedule some sessions for you no. immediately after this. <laughs> get a team in here. Right. <laughs> I saw something and this is like, forgive me. Cause I don't know where, I don't know who said this or where I found it. And I'm sure I'll remember like, as soon as we're done recording, but someone was talking about like doctor's appointments, you should be able to like, since no one could book anything last year because of the pandemic, you should be able to like go in like race car style and have like a team <laughs> yeah. and they just like knock you out and do everything in three hours. And then you're done. <laughs> like a pit stop. Yeah. Perfect. I'll try to find who it was because it was a funny, yeah. Put you up on a lift and take care of it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So we'll just get a team. I mean, I think this is really like that. That's super important. Like that there's two things, which is one is like, I'm running out of time. Mm -hmm. And the second is that like, there's, there will be no legacy. I have no impact. There's nothing. Oh God. Yeah. There you go. 
it's hard to like keep it together. Ah, okay. <laughs> um, those are big fears. Yeah. But the yes, I think we can change. And then we can do the other questions. Okay. Because yes, that's how you feel. And that's true and valid, but no, it's not true that you're running out of time and that you have no legacy. Like, can you absolutely know that you have 10 years? No. Can you absolutely know that you leave no legacy? No. <laughs> so we can move on. Yes. And, but what? <laughs> I, well, I was trying to do that as part of the exercise because it's, um, I can answer the questions when you ask them, but you yeah. know, asking yourself the questions right. is more difficult. You right. Know? Cause you just spiral. The spiral is yeah. there. So it's like, you yeah. just fall down it. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, you're right. No, I don't know that I'm running out of time and I don't know that I won't leave what I consider to be a legacy, you know, Yeah. or that I haven't already. Right. Right. That I haven't impacted, you know, the world in a positive way. Who you knows? Totally have. totally have. I'm trying to remember the third question now. <laughs> I can't. How do you react? What happens when you believe that thought? Okay. So yeah. What do you believe? How, what does your life look like when you feel like you're running out of time and you're going to um, leave no legacy? Very insignificant and small and invisible and same words. Are you noticing that? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. So no, obnoxious. <laughs> no, it's true. And who or what would you be without the thought? I, I think I would be able to get out of my own way without the thought. Yeah. So small, small deal. No big deal. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. It's amazing the, the things you tell yourself. Does it feel like when we talk about this this way now, like, does it feel like there's more space, even though it's not like resolved at all? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I, think, I don't, I don't think resolution is the goal. I right. think space is the goal. Right. 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 You know? Right. And like a different somatic experience of the thought, you know? Yeah. No, I, I are like my, I, I feel my chest opening up. I feel yeah. lighter. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Now I just need to call you every single day for the next 10 years <laughs> and no ask problem. questions. I can do that. That's actually super interesting too, because I think like we, we think of, we've been talking about this a lot, like on and offline about like doing the work yourself or whatever, like by yourself yeah. in your room. And like, it's not, that's not, we are relational beings. Like you need another person sometimes. And that's, that doesn't mean you're not doing it right. In fact, the opposite is true. You know what I mean? I need, I need that right now. I, I, yeah. I'm too in my head I yeah. need to get out of my head. I need yeah. engagement. I need, yeah. I need external yeah. feedback. Okay. I have all these ideas now. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> I'm going to give you a prescription. Okay. That's interesting. How often, like, do you feel like that thought, the, both of those thoughts are like around? Well, I just had a birthday. So they're, they're, right. you know, they've been really prevalent, loud and proud this past, yeah. you know, week. So Ugh. don't be sad. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Be sad. It's allowed. We're going to fix it I think, though. I think it's important to talk about just to acknowledge totally. it, you know, yeah. to put it out there. And yeah. I, I think that's why I was so resistant to the, uh, to the exercise yeah. is when you're forced to kind of face these things yeah. and name them. Yeah. Um, it's scary, but they, they also lose their power when you're yeah. able to acknowledge it. Yeah. And also just kind of bring it into the light and be like, okay, hey, what is this actually? They get a lot smaller because it's like not this big looming monster. You're just like, okay, well, what am I going to do with this? Here are the little facets of it. Here's how big it is. You, you can like trace the edges. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I don't know. I feel like I'm going to have to learn that lesson over and over and yeah. over again yeah. for my entire life. Like yeah. when you're fighting something, yeah. stop it. Yeah. Let it in. Yeah. And then you'll immediately feel better. Yeah. I do it all the time because we're, we're animals. Like we, yeah. that's our biology Yeah. because your brain and your body perceive those thoughts, these internal thoughts like this, even though they're just thoughts are perceived by the brain and body as actual danger. Right. And so you go off, like you're off to the races because your body can't tell the difference. Right. That's it's normal to fight because you're that's like the that's the default network is you just you go into like oh there's a threat here let's fight it instead of being like hold on but once you take the the second to sit in it mm -hmm. it diffuses immediately mm -hmm. I was thinking about this the other week like do you ever have that thing where you're like I need to cry I can't cry I need to cry I can't cry oh, God. and so you yeah. push it down and then finally like seven days later or whatever you finally let yourself cry and it lasts like 
four minutes. Yeah. And it's and usually like, like, for me, like an embarrassing situation too. Like, <laughs> right. I, I could have done this in my closet right. last week, you know, <laughs> but now I have to explain myself to a stranger. <laughs> now I'm on a plane or like in the, in right. the, my, my favorite place for like a whole year was the Denver airport bathroom. <laughs> oh, really? Totally. Full on breakdown every time I flew in and out. Oh, I'm sorry. Which was a lot. <laughs> it's just funny. It was like, I would say, I would always have the same thought. Like, why can't I do this in my bed? Like, right. Or in the shower. Like, why is right. that in my bathroom? Semi-public yeah. <laughs> event. I get it. It requires me to put my eye makeup back on. Okay. I did it with um, two things too, that I think are super related. Um, and one of them is that this story that I'm a mess and, or my life is a mess. Those are my two, those, those knock around a lot up there. Okay. Um, and then the, the related ones are, I'm a failure and, or I'm failing. I know it's bad. You're like the most successful person I know. That's crazy. (laughs) It's true. But it comes out in like the most silly ways. Like, and it's like, I'll be sitting at my, when I, cause I have a small apartment when I'm sitting at like, you know, work doing zoom calls or sessions or meetings or writing or whatever, I can like see my bed out of the corner of my eye. And like, sometimes I don't have time to make my bed, whatever, you know, you got an extra 10 minutes of sleep. Good job. Like not a big deal. But then I'm like, God, I'm such a fucking failure. I can't even make my bed. What kind of adult at this age and stage in their life can't make their bed. What the fuck is wrong with you? Get up and make your bed. And it like turns into this whole thing of like, see, you're a failure. See, you're a failure. Yeah. You're working like 17 jobs and like blah, 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 doing all these things, but you can't make your fucking bed, you know? And then it's the same kind of thing. I can't actually like, maybe you can help me like figure out. They seem different, even though they're obviously really closely related. And I don't know if it's just like a feedback loop, but then there's this like, I see my life is a mess. I'm a mess. And it's again, like really small things. Like my, I forget something on my schedule or like I overbook myself one week and like feel some regret about it. Cause I'm a little bit more tired. And I know that I need to get into the headspace of like, you're busy because you're doing what you love. And yes, that's stressful and exhausting. And you can also build it. Like, you know how to do this. You know how to build in the time and space for yourself to recharge, even when you're having a crazy busy week, I have all the tools. I know how to use them. Like and I do. So I don't know why I can't see that part. I don't know what this thing is of like, but I go through the questions and it's like, very similar to you with the second one. It's like, my okay, so I'm sitting here and I'm like, whatever just happened, my life is a mess. Two, is it really, do you know that to be true? And I'm like, yes, this just fucking happened, which is my proof <laughs> that <laughs> my life is a mess. I already I- told you. Right. And then it turns into this other thing where like the third question, I'm like, who would I be without that thought? Someone whose life wasn't a fucking mess. Why can't I do that? Yeah. So I turn even that part into like self-flagellation, which is exhausting. It is exhausting. Then you're like, why am I doing this goddamn exercise? It's just stressing me out. Exactly. And then I'm, I'm bad at this too. There we go. Add that to the list. More proof. You're a fucking failure. You're a coach. You're supposed to help people do this all day. You do help people do this all day. They write you emails that thank you. And then you turn around and can't do it to yourself, you know? What would what would it look like if your life wasn't a mess? Like what would that how would that manifest? How would you feel? I think just ease, you know, like I think just ease. Like it would just be, it would be less fraught, less like I'm having like a visceral reaction to that thought, like my stomach is turning. It would be less strung out, you know? Yeah. I think you you thrive on the energy. Yeah of having a lot of balls in the air yeah. at once. You always yeah. have, you're highly, highly, highly functional. Yeah. But it's like, <laughs> but at what cost? Right. You know? Yeah. And you, you know, when to turn it off, you know, when to uh, recharge, mm-hmm. you know how to do those things. Like you said, I don't know. Is it like a level of perfectionism that you're expecting? Are you expecting too much from yourself? I mean, making your, not making your bed is not I know. a deal breaker, you know? I know. And it's funny because it's totally a mindset thing. Cause on another day, like if it's like a Sunday and I'm like, just, you know, walking around the house and do, you know, doing whatever I would, the bed could be unmade for 17 hours. I wouldn't even notice. Yeah. You know? So it's like, what, yeah. it's not the thing. It's like the mindset of the thing. I don't know. Right. Right. And these little like things become like triggers, like, 
Right. And they're like, not, but they're, they're little things what you're describing. Right. It's right. not like you're, you know, right. Cr- crashing the car or, you know, right. running out of gas in the middle of the desert or, yeah, or know. like behaving recklessly and like, you know, messing right. with my life. You know what I mean? Like, right. Making bad decisions or like being dangerous. It's nothing like that. It, it definitely has a very like compulsive feel. Yeah. When I get into a space of, um, of just like regular work, <laughs> Like I, I can't really, I get like, I don't even know how to describe it. I want to like jump off the couch. I can't handle it. Okay. So you need the, you need the level, you need the level of activity that you're inviting in. Yeah. Or I think I need it or I'm compelled to it or something like that. You know, do I actually need it or can I like. You've always been like that. I mean, you've mm-hmm. always yeah. had done 17 jobs at once and yeah you know, maybe that maybe you need to look at it as a strength yeah right maybe you need an assistant <laughs> <laughs> i definitely do definitely that's, that's super interesting i think it's um there's also something here where it's like i don't know if this is even gonna make sense i'm just thinking of it now like i wonder if like at some point that thought was motivating and it worked right like your life is a mess oh god i just i had just had a memory like <laughs> What? Of a friend in college pulling me aside in a real moment of like, dude, like get yourself together. Really? Yeah. Cause I was like, I was like out of control, like <laughs> at this point in college. And I remember him being like, literally saying like, your, your life is a mess. Like you're a mess, get your shit together. And I was like, oh, that is not what I want to be you know? Yeah. So I wonder if I want at some point, that's so funny that that just came up. Cause it's so, I just was like in the space that that happened, which was in the <laughs> men's bathroom in um, the second floor dorm of Healy at Holy Cross. So funny. Um, and just wasted. <laughs> well, the, but that, I mean, that your life is a mess in that situation is like in a dysfunctional way. Like, right. And it totally was. And I was like, and I was like, drinking all the time, super problematically, and also still being really productive. So I was like burning the candle at both ends. Like it wasn't just like your life is a mess. Like you're drinking too much. It was like, your life is a mess because you're drinking too much and you're working whenever you're not working, you're drinking to this point of like absolute ridiculousness. And then you're working to the point of absolute ridiculousness, like get it together. Right. And it was not, I don't think it was like a, like a damning thing. It was like, it was like really like, dude, you know? Yeah go to bed. Like, yeah, like (laughs) this is, this is a serious problem, but it's funny because I wonder if like, I, it was definitely like a moment, uh, like a pivot moment of like, okay, I get it. Like I see, I see, you know? Yeah. It wasn't like, it wasn't like a rejection of that, you know, like, oh, fuck you. Well, I'm sure I said that in the moment, but like I, I took it to heart and I think probably did change a lot of things. And I wonder if like, I've made this missed connection between like, if you, if you stop thinking like that has to be your motivation. And if you think your life isn't a mess, then you'll fall apart. Yeah. I also think the, the, um, busyness has been a coping Mm -hmm. for you. Totally. And you're at a point in your life where you, you don't have to cope anymore. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or you're getting to a point in your life where you don't have to cope anymore. Yeah. In, in a really, like, we all have to cope with things all the time, but the, um, yeah, the house isn't burning down anymore. I'm not in like, yeah. Fugue state panic the 90% of the day. Right. Yeah. That's so funny. So maybe it's a way of like telling yourself like, okay, I'm, I'm doing all the things I'm, I'm moving forward. I'm in motion. I'm, I'm running out of the house that's burning down. Yeah. That feels super huge in a way that I can't even like articulate. I know. I feel like I need to think about that. You're not in crisis, right? but you, but you feel like you are. I'm acting like I am. Yeah. That's super deep. I don't know what to say about it. (laughs) I don't know if this is what we intended with these tools, but here we are. Oh, I think it's important to like struggle with the tool. You know what I mean? And show that. Cause then people are like, oh, if I'm struggling this way, it doesn't mean I'm doing it wrong. It's just like, this is the process because now with the space that like, when we're talking about this, I have a lot to think about, but also there's a lot more space and I can return to the question and say like, okay, my life is a mess. Is it really a mess? No, that's not true. 
Right. Are there messy parts of life always is, are there things I can work on that will make my life have more ease? Absolutely. But that feels more possible. Who am I when I believe that frantic and over, over functioning in a way that's like just on the edge of fried and or fried. And then who would I be without it? Like maybe just to engage in a different way, like to do all the same things, but have a different mindset around them, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Which would then change the way I experience them. So I think that's a totally different way of answering the questions than I came in with. Right. Which is cool. It is. It's all about the space and it's all about, um, you know, this is something that doesn't get easier. You just have to keep asking the questions. It's not like you're going to master them and, you know, you're going to have the right answer all the time. Right. But when you give yourself the space to ask the questions, you permit yourself, you know, the ability to, to stop the loop. Yeah. To go into the observer position and say like, wait a second. Right. Right. What is happening here? You interrogate it. Yeah. But I'm going back. Should have these like tattooed somewhere. I know, I know. And going back to what you said, this is like I don't think you get to this point of like, I'm not just gonna like not ever have that thought again, right? So it's about like how do I build the bridge to a different way of thinking? It's by engaging with this thought differently every time it comes up. Exactly. So it's like, wait a second. Oh, okay. I'm having that thought again. Now I'm noticing that thought. All right. What does that mean? Who am I? Is that really true? Right. Then it's it's like a, it's a battle, you know? Yeah. We're not a battle. It's a conversation that you have with yourself all the time. I think it's cool. It's good. It's a good one. It's tough, but it's good. Yeah. Okay. Ready for the next one? Yep. Is it easier? <laughs> I think so, actually. Okay, good. <laughs> also, probably not. <laughs> we'll okay, see. great. <laughs> I am... Um, Okay. So I said last week that we were going to go into a body thing and then we're not yet because I'm trying to figure out how to do that. Like on a podcast, you know what I mean? Okay. So, um, I want to talk about, uh, narrative reframing. Oh, fun. Okay. Um, and I have a, oops, I have a, what did I call this? Choose your own narrative reframe. This is my, I'm making this up. I'm narrative therapy is a real thing and I'll explain it in a second, but this exercise is just, I'm just making this up. So, you know, you, how you had like choose your own adventure Yeah. when you were a little kid, this is going to be choose your own. There's so much, what, the reason we all loved those is because they're fun and empowering and they give us like this feeling of autonomy when we're really small, Okay. that in a world where we are dictated to all the time, we get to actually like make choices and then see what that, there's no, there are no stakes. You see where that goes and then you can go back and do it again. And like, that's, I think there's like a lot there psychologically, you know? Okay. So we are fundamentally narrative. Part of the way that our brain works is by telling stories to ourselves and other people and about ourselves and about other people. And that's how we make sense of the world. Like our memory is structured in narrative form. So I know that a memory is integrated. We've talked about this a lot. When I can tell the narrative about it, feel some of the emotional content, and it has an appropriate meaning in the larger arc of my identity, mm-hmm. right? So if I'm telling a story about something that happened in fourth grade and what it means is this is who I am and this is why I'm a failure, that's not an integrated memory. And so in like acute trauma work, sometimes you need to build a narrative when there isn't any, if you don't have like the actual memory. And sometimes you need to do a lot of work in therapy about the emotional content and how to process and hold space for that and then let it become smaller and more like appropriate. Not that any emotion is inappropriate, but they can really like kind of wreck your day-to-day life. But the other place you can work is like in what the thing means to you, okay? how it fits within your larger story arc. And I think one of the things that is so powerful about narrative therapy in general is that it gives us the idea and the understanding that, that we are actually the authors of this stuff and that we get to tell ourselves whatever story we want about what happens. We don't have control over what happens to us, but we do have a control about what it means to us Mm -hmm. and how we tell that story. So, and narrative therapy is a huge field and there's a thousand ways to do it that can involve all sorts of things, writing letters to yourself, writing letters to somebody else that you don't ever send, writing letters and sending them, doing it face-to-face with a therapist who helps you construct a more coherent narrative. There's tons of different things. Um, But what I want to do is just think about reinterpretation because I think we don't understand. The other thing we don't understand is how much of our stories are interpretations and not facts. 
So I want us to take a story that we struggle with and it doesn't have to be like a big, huge trauma story. It can be something that makes you feel embarrassed or ashamed or like, you know, that has some sort of like negative charge to it. Okay. And write in, so here's step one. So, so pick the story and write it in like as few sentences as possible. Just the facts, ma'am, no, like no interpretation. Cause you just want to get the pieces to work with. And then you're going to write out in as few sentences as possible, your worst case scenario, shame version of it, your negative interpretation that rolls around in your head and keeps you up at night. And then write three more more interpretations and they can be totally separate. You do not have to believe them. You just have to write them. Okay. So they don't have to be like true or accurate. You can involve space aliens. The point is to like get some distance between the 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 interpretation and the facts. Okay. And to get yourself to see that there are, that there's space between those two things. I'm going to give you an example. So this makes sense, I think. Okay. So I have a client who had a really shocking breakup kind of out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And it was really, it felt very like there was no closure because it just came out of nowhere. Right. Like she just felt extremely blindsided and like, what the hell happened? And so she was telling herself all of these stories, trying to understand what happened. And she had kind of settled without really realizing it on this story that she was not interesting. And that if she had been interesting enough, he would have stayed. And she was really then beating herself up about it and finding all this proof that she's not interesting. And, you know, someone teacher said this to her in fourth grade and then her mom is like this way and then blah, 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 right? Like building all of these stories about, about the interpretation, not the fact. Okay. And then, so I had her write that out. Like, here's what happened. Here's the bare facts. We were in a relationship for this long. This is when he left the end. Boom. And then her primary interpretation was he left because he realized that I'm uninteresting and he couldn't stay. And I'm left here in my uninterestingness and he's living this fabulous life. And then, so I had her write three other interpretations and they were really wildly different, right? One of them is like, there's a huge secret she doesn't know. And he had to leave to protect her. And now he's in the witness protection program, right? Right, Ridiculous, but also like not out of the realm of possibility, you know? Right. And also like just as ridiculous, by the way, as her first interpretation, but she didn't see that right away because she was just playing with the idea. And then she came up with two other stories and eventually rested on one that actually was way more accurate and likely, which is that he wasn't ready. He freaked out. He blamed it on her uninterestingness because he didn't know how to articulate or communicate what he was feeling because he is actually a person who doesn't speak his emotions really well. And she got like, a completely different interpretation that felt just as accurate, if not more accurate than the one that was torturing her. So, okay. Side note, he exploited her worst fear just for shits and giggles. Yeah. That's great. Okay. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> we have opinions about that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause he was pulling, I mean, that's his trap door, right? He was like, I'm freaked out nuclear button. This is the one thing I'm going to say that I know she won't be able to answer. Boom. Done out. Jesus Christ. Yeah. People are not always at their best. (laughs) No, they're not. So that's the goal. Does that make sense as an exercise? Yeah. So pick a story, write it in facts, just the facts, like you're writing a report, um, write your most negative interpretation that's rolling around in your head and then write three more. Okay. If you have two competing negative ones, put them both down. You can do five if you want. Like it's not a limit. It's just at least three in addition to the one that's torturing you. Okay. What? <laughs> I'm scared, but okay. It'll be good. It's just fun. Think about it. Like literally get in the mindset of like, I'm going to write a choose your own adventure book. Okay. Because it's like, you can still go back to your old ping pong, you know, narrative of like terror. If you want, it's still there. Right. It's just that you're going to see like, oh, there's maybe other options here. Okay. Interesting. I haven't picked what I'm going to do yet. So I'm scared too. I think I have. Yeah. We'll see. I might go big. <laughs> yeah. My, the one that's in front of mine for me is big, but we'll see. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is fun. It's a teaser. <laughs> <laughs> Radical vulnerability live on podcast. Yep.
live on the radio, whatever. I always wanted to be on the radio. That was like a huge. Oh yeah. Like yeah. Frasier. Yep. NPR. Yeah. Car talk. Here you are on the radio. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Do you have tiny little joy? I do. Um, my tiny little joy is my pillow that I sleep on <laughs> because uh, we went away for a week. Um, oh. We went to Vermont for a week, which is not far and um, stayed in a couple of wonderful places. But um, I really, I never understood when I saw people traveling with their, yep. their own pillow. I always yes. thought it was kind of like, oh, come on. Like you, you really need your own pillow. What's wrong with you? Yeah. But I really missed it this time. And I don't know if it's because we've been home for so long or I haven't traveled for so long that it kind of stuck out, but it's, um, it's important to me now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what an interesting, like the place to rest your head, you know, like what an interesting metaphor for like home. Yeah. Yeah. Is it a my pillow, my pillow? What kind of pillow is it? It's um it's not super special. I, I did get the um silk pillowcase because I feel like it's, nice. it's supposed to be better for your skin and your hair yeah. and stuff, yeah, yeah, yeah. which I thoroughly enjoy. Um it's a it's a regular pillow, but it's just mine and I'm used to it. <laughs> yeah. And you know, one of the pillows that I slept on was like you couldn't find room for your head. It was like yeah. too poofy and you know, I felt like said the princess and the pea. Um, yeah. <laughs> I just, I, I couldn't get comfortable. And when we came back home, I was like, oh my God, I just love this pillow. It's uh, so funny. It's joyful. <laughs> See, once you tune in to tiny little joys, you find them everywhere. Yeah. It's kind of awesome. It is. You're right. Uh, I have one of those ones that's like the foam for your like neck. Oh yeah. It's awesome. I'll have to, sh- I'll have to check those out. Yeah. Do you remember being at like a family function with like people who used to be in-laws and the uh, father bringing the pillow out to show everyone. Do you remember that? Were you there? No. Okay. <laughs> I won't implicate anybody. This was a long time ago. So funny. Yeah. The, the one thing that you're going to have to like, really like, tell me my life is a mess. If I start talking about is those like neck things that people walk around the airport with those are oh, so crazy. I have one of those. <laughs> <laughs> when you're on like a long haul flight, it's like good for your posture. Is it not for, I don't like sleep. I can't sleep on a moving thing. I can barely sleep in like the best of conditions. So <laughs> it's not, I don't do the like, l- you know, lolling my head around thing, but um, yeah, it's good for your Otherwise I sit like a little hobbit in the chair and like crank everything up. And then when I land, it's. I'm sure there's value to them. I've just (laughs) always been like, oh, why do you have that? Yeah. I also don't walk around with it like that. That seems excessive. People walk around with it like around, like, come on, you're walking around. Yeah. (laughs) Come on. (laughs) Come on. See, my life is a mess. I told you. Exactly. (laughs) Okay. Mine is going to make you laugh probably, but yesterday, for some reason, (laughs) I was thinking about, we, for some reason, I don't remember where this started, but like mom used to make these brownies. Oh no, don't. (laughs) (laughs) I know exactly what you're going to (laughs) say. And they had powdered sugar on (laughs) and you would like, Get them to your face and then like inhale because you're excited because you're about to eat brownie. <laughs> and then like asphyxiate. <laughs> and for some reason, we all of us emails, like if you mention this brownie situation because we it used to come up like at dinner someone would talk about like hey remember the brownie and we'd all laugh for 45 minutes <laughs> so it was like every thanksgiving and every anytime we we're all at a table and i still like just randomly that memory will like pop up and wherever i am whatever i'm doing i have to like stop because i'm laughing so hard i like i'll be like by myself which is what happened yesterday and i just remembered it like <laughs> so awesome <laughs> laughing hysterically oh god yeah you like immediately get into like the cry laugh laughing so hard. <laughs> which we both just said <laughs> i don't know like why is it <laughs> <laughs> oh shit that you <laughs> 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 
I can't even talk. Why is he kid? Like, <laughs> you can't. It happened more than once. <laughs> so you knew what was going to happen and you did it again. Learn your limits, man. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Why do you have to have like a sharp intake of breath? Like, <laughs> when you're I have a brownie. <laughs> outside your mouth <laughs> oh my god <laughs> like I don't think I would do that as an adult <laughs> I hope not I haven't tried <laughs> oh my, god, my stomach hurts my tooth <sighs> <laughs> I don't think anyone does that when you're eating any other food. You're like, brownie. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I wonder if we're the only people that ever did that. <laughs> Who were we mirroring? Dad, probably. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm sorry. I'm laughing so hard. Oh. <laughs> oh. Thank you. I needed that. <laughs> so did I. I did it yesterday. Oh my God. <laughs> Why put powdered sugar on a brownie? Like as if there's not already like 17 cups of sugar. <laughs> <laughs> to make your children choke. <laughs> it's a oh character building exercise. If I laugh anymore, I'm going to throw up. Oh my God. <laughs> It's an Irish thing to do. There's always got to be a little bit of punishment. <laughs> tiny little joy, tiny little pain. How about that? Oh Lest God. you forget the morose. Exactly. You're one brownie closer to death. Oh, shit. Oh, I haven't laughed that hard in a long time. Me neither. Oh, my God. Sorry. So, that's okay. My makeup is over. So that's a tiny little joy. That's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry for assaulting your ears with our hysterical laughter. Oh, I like to think of people. Like half of that out. No, 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 don't. I try to think of people like in, you know, the grocery store or whatever, like laughing because laughter is so contagious, you know, like, I don't think you can listen yeah. to it without laughing. Just like laughing. And then how do you explain that? Well, listen to a podcast about trauma. <laughs> super right. funny <laughs> i'm talking about brownies i don't know oh my goodness <sighs> okay okay <laughs> joy is important we did hard stuff today yep exactly yep sadie's had it okay Sadie's done she's lost her patience she's like what are you fools doing Get, pull, pull yourself together <laughs> your life is a mess <laughs> okay okay Thank you. Uh, thank you. Um, follow us on all the things. Bye.